Okay, I'm sure you all have guessed what famous Disney animated musical we're going to be talking about in today's episode, but I want to back it up just a little bit and talk about a little bit of the history and the creation of Disney's The Lion King. is going on my people welcome back to the first official soundtrack spotlight episode of the toontown podcast i'm your host devin and without further ado let's get right into things now you know obviously this is a disney music podcast and we're definitely going to spend a lot of time talking about the amazing score from hans zimmer the composer of the lion king and especially the uh, iconic original songs written by songwriter elton john and lyricist tim rice but, you know, I actually just wanted to dive a little bit into the history behind both the, the creation of the movie and the legendary soundtrack, just because, you know, I'm really fascinated by the process that goes into creating such legendary soundtracks and, you know, all the work and the effort and the processes and everything. So, you know, let's go ahead and just go back, back to the day when, you know, I was a young warthog back in the late 90s, early 2000s. And, you know, I, I was pretty obsessed with Disney movies back in the day. You know, honestly, not just Disney movies. It was really anything that I owned, anything I owned on like VHS and stuff like that. So a lot of superhero movies, Pixar, Disney, obviously a lot of anime like Pokemon and Transformers, um, you know, anything that was on kids television pretty much. But I specifically remember loving The Lion King the most. And, you know, it's still my favorite movie to this day, you know, Disney movies or not, just because I I love everything about the film. I think the animation is still gorgeous. You know, this South African backdrop is absolutely stunning. The characters are lovable and hilarious. I think Scar is a great villain. But, you know, I got to say the music is probably the biggest reason why I'm so infatuated with The Lion King. And so if we take it back to the beginning of The Lion King, it was actually conceived of by Roy E. Disney, who was Walt Disney's nephew, and two very prominent Disney Animation Studio producers, Jeffrey Katzenberg and Pete Schneider, when they were, I believe, on a plane or something like that. And they were just talking about, um, you know, maybe having a story in Africa. And I know they immediately jumped on it. They got really excited by it. And as we all know, The Lion King is heavily inspired by Hamlet. But I found it interesting that The Lion King was also inspired by a lot of biblical tales particularly um, Joseph and Moses. Um, Obviously, Joseph, you know, kind of grows up in an upbringing of, you know, wealth and prominence and then comes back to return. And then Moses kind of, he deals with a lot of divine orders from God. So um, that kind of spoke to Simba, talking to Simba after he's died. But anyways, I thought those were two very cool influences on the film. But particularly that they decided to make it about animals and put the story in Africa was really interesting to me just because I know the purpose of it was to kind of tell a similar story to Bambi where they used um, animals and really lovable cute characters to tell these very human stories and uh, you know have a lot of human emotions in them Um, so I thought that was really cool of them. 
And also one thing that I found very interesting was that The Lion King had been one of the first original stories that wasn't based on a previous story. So, you know, The Little Mermaid obviously was inspired by the, the tale of The Little Mermaid. Beauty and the Beast was already a pre-existing tale, Aladdin, things like that. Um, and so I thought that was cool that they had thought of this original story set in such a beautiful background with, you know, animal characters out of all people. I mean, characters, not people. <laughs> and anyway, so they eventually tapped um, director Rob Minkoff, who had previously worked on movies such as Little Mermaid and I think Great Mouse Detective as like a character designer and an animator. So he already had experience with that. And he was trying to make his directorial debut, I believe, but one of his projects had gotten shelved. So when he had the chance to direct The Lion King, you know, no questions asked, he took the uh, he took the opportunity for sure. And um, originally, The Lion King was actually called The King of the Jungle, which was originally pitched to be like Bambi with lions. So they quoted it to be. But, you know, obviously, it became a very different story that we know and love today. Um, musically speaking, the first component of the music team who helped to work on The Lion King was lyricist Tim Rice, who was brought on to Disney following the death of Howard Ashman, who was kind of the pioneer of the whole new age of of kind of Broadway style Disney musicals beginning with the Little Mermaid um you know rest in peace to Howard Ashman but he was such a uh, an iconic figure and a legendary component of Disney music and so um they had to bring on somebody strong so they they tapped in Tim Rice who in turn tapped in Elton John and not only is this notable because you know they were able to get freaking Elton John on your movie soundtrack like that's a pretty good achievement in itself but it was also one of the first times that Disney began to deviate from their regularly used duo of Howard Ashman and Alan Menken, who wrote and composed the songs for Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, and Aladdin. So obviously up until a certain point in the Disney Renaissance, Alan Menken and Howard Ashman were really the ones, you know, solely responsible for shaping that kind of sound. And so while, you know, bringing on Elton John and Tim Rice, who are two, you know, superstar lyricists and composers and songwriters in their own right, isn't probably the biggest risk they could have taken. It was still sort of a risk just because they kind of had this formula set up and they were going in a whole new direction for Lion King, which I find really cool. And also when they were, you know, deciding to go in the direction that they were going in with Lion King, you know, with the story and everything, they figured that the music was going to be very important because they were going to be animating to it and it was going to heavily influence the story. So, you know, it should be noted that Elton John and Tim Rice in particular were brought on pretty early in the, the process. And so Tim Rice was more on the side of the production team as he acted as the liaison between them and Elton John because Elton John wasn't heavily involved with the story or anything like that. He was more so on the music side. And so Tim, I guess, would kind of bring back lyrics, bring back story to Elton and Elton would, you know, send in a piano demo of, you know, a song that he wrote to whatever story that they gave him. Which is noteworthy to me because it ended up resulting in a lot of different versions of the songs that we know today. So, for example, Circle of Life was very, very different than what we hear, um, especially Hakuna Matata. In fact, that started off as a song called He's Got It All Worked Out, which was Timon singing about how Pumbaa had kind of really mastered this life of really taking it easy and relaxing and everything like that. So while it had the same kind of concept, it definitely was not the same song. But then Roger Allers, who was the co-director, um, came back from this research trip from, uh, from South Africa, or I think all around Africa, and he came back with this expression called Hakuna Matata, which we all know means no worries. 
And then so Tim Rice and Elton John agreed to that. They found that it, you know, it was very natural. It rolled off the tongue and it was very fitting for the setting. So Elton John went back and wrote a demo for that song and that became Hakuna Matata. And while Elton John is obviously one of the greatest songwriters of all time, particularly ballads, you know, narrative storytelling kind of songs, the songs still sounded too poppy. They still sounded too, too much like Elton John. You know, while they were songs that were set in an African film, they were still just Elton John songs. And available out there is actually a few kind of videos and also recordings of some early Elton John demos. So I'll go ahead and include these here for you guys so you guys can listen to what they first sounded like before they kind of got, quote, Africanized, um, which is where composer Hans Zimmer and Lebo M come in. Here we go. If I make a mistake, ignore it. <laughs> From the day we arrive on the planet Step into the sun There's more to see Than can ever be seen More to do Than can ever be done So as we can hear in this early version of, of Circle of Life, it's, you know, it's the same song, it has the same chords, the same melody, even the same lyrics, but it's definitely not the one that we hear at the beginning of the movie. And perhaps my favorite music demo of The Lion King is Just Can't Wait to Be King. And I really want you guys to hear this one because it's so different. It's very much rock and roll. The lyrics are completely different. Then again, it's contextualized more for like a pop setting. So maybe more for radio play or, you know, to be included on a pop album or something like that. But it's just so different from what we hear in the movie. And especially hearing it with Elton's voice as opposed to Simba's voice. You know, it just brings a, a totally different feel. And it makes you really appreciate the work that they put into kind of really contextualizing contextualizing the songs to make it fit within the, the African setting and, and also lyrically to fit the story as well. So let's go ahead and take a listen. So isn't that crazy just how big of a flip that is to, you know, from that demo, the rock and roll kind of version with very different lyrics, I must say, to the version that we hear in the movie that's, you know, kind of fit more for Simba and, and you know, contextualized for a South African setting. I just think that's that's pretty crazy. And so the next demo we're going to be taking a look at is Can You Feel the Love Tonight, which is actually even more different than the studio version that got really popular on the radio and everything back in the day. And so while the melody and the, the lyrics aren't very different from the pop version that Elton John released kind of as his own single, um, they're definitely very different from what we hear in the movie, which is still pretty cool to listen to. So let's take a look. One, two, three, four. There's a calm surrender to the rising of day when the heat of the rolling world can be turned away an enchanted moment and it sees me through it's 
So like I said, not the biggest deviation from what Elton John, you know, released after the movie came out, but still very, very different from what we hear in the movie, especially because in the movie it's sung, you know, with Simba, Nala, and then kind of like this omniscient narrator kind of thing in the chorus. I don't know. It gets a little bit weird. Also, Timon and Pumbaa can't forget that part. They're the one who begin and end the song. So yeah, again, very, very different from what we hear. And on that note, how did we get to the songs that we know and love today? You know, the ones that were in the movie, the ones that sound like they might be, you know, kind of in a South African setting. And that's where composer Hans Zimmer and arranger and composer Lebo M come in. Now, this wasn't the first time that Hans and Lebo had collaborated on a movie soundtrack. In fact, it was the movie prior to Lion King that they worked on together that got Disney's attention to hire both of them for the Lion King soundtrack. And this movie was called The Power of One, which was set in apartheid-era South Africa. And so you could see why they might want a South African sound for that movie. And Hans Zimmer, you know, I don't know why they hired him for that, but, you know, they did. And he did an amazing job with it, as did Lebo M, who collaborated with Hans to bring in the vocal groups and kind of arrange, um, you know, the, the score to make it sound a little bit more African. But Hans really brought this, this very great power and emotional depth to the score and i'll play a little bit of it for you guys here and i just want you guys to take note you know how similar does this sound to the lion king and can you see why disney might hire him to work on a movie set in kind of the same setting that power of one was and so the score cue that we're going to be listening to from power of one is titled mother africa and again i just want you guys to listen for um you know the influences and the, the inspirations that hans and lebo brought into the score um you know which may have you know found its way and, and really informed the score for Lion King later on so let's take a listen <laughs> And so for any fans of the Lion King score, I definitely recommend checking out the Power of One soundtrack. You know, I've never actually even seen the movie, to be honest. I even own the book and I haven't even, you know, opened the book. But um, I just I literally bought the book because I love the score so much. And, you know, you could just tell the influences of, of South Africa and it just totally transports you there. So, um, you know, props to, to Hans and Level for crafting that one for sure. 
So back to Lion King, um, Disney, you know, they, they took note of the Power of One's score and they tapped Zimmer and Lebo M to come work on the Lion King. And of course, uh, Hans Zimmer said yes, but there was just one small problem. They didn't know where Lebo M was. And as it turns out, Lebo M was actually um, a political refugee at the time of apartheid South Africa, um, I think in L.A. or Santa Monica or something like that. And, you know, nobody knew where he was. But coincidentally, Hans ran into him, I believe, at like a, a car wash or, you know, some kind of service station where Lebo was working. And Hans was like, oh, I need to save this dude. You know, how do I how am I working with this dude, you know, on the power of one? And now he's working at a car wash. So um, he, he found him and he was like, hey, I'm working on this movie called The Lion King set in South Africa. You know, do you want to work on it? And of course, Lebo said, yeah, you know, absolutely. And so Hans brought him in for a studio session and um, showed him what they were working on, which at the time was Circle of Life. And um, immediately, right away, Level M got to work, and which is where we get the iconic call. The legend is that the the iconic opening call of Circle of Life was the first and only take of that of that call, which is crazy to me, just because you know everybody knows that call everybody knows the movie from that call is so iconic and it's so legendary and for that to be the first and only take that just you know speaks to the the power and the 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 legacy that that level m brought to the lion king and another funny like kind of coincidental tale from uh, those early studio sessions with Hans zimmer and lebo was that the singer for Circle of Life, Carmen Twilly, was originally just kind of a demo singer, which is someone that's in a music studio who just sings little demos of a song. So they're not, you know, meant to be the final product or anything. They're just there to kind of show what the song is going to sound like. And they went through all these stages trying to replace her, trying to, you know, find better singers for the song. But they kind of realized this is so perfect. Why do we need to change it? And so Carmen Twilly, a session singer, ended up being, you know, the, the voice of the circle of life, which is pretty crazy to me. And so now Zimmer kind of found himself pretty busy, um, you know, quote, Africanizing these songs that Elton John had delivered for the Lion King soundtrack. And so he brought in a composer who happens to be a favorite of mine that he worked with before. Um, and his name is Mark Mancina. And for all you Disney fans out there, Mark Mancina is the guy who wrote some of the songs and composed the scores for movies such as Brother Bear with Phil Collins, Tarzan also with Phil Collins, and most recently Moana. And we're definitely going to be doing a lot of talking about Mark Mancina on this podcast because, you know, the aforementioned soundtracks, uh, you know, those are some of my favorite Disney soundtracks, honestly, um, because I just love how, how married they are between kind of Broadway style show tunes with, um, you know, the real ethnic backgrounds that those movies are, are placed in. So I think Mark Mancini does an amazing job of that. And obviously, so does Disney, which is why they brought him on to Lion King, uh, specifically Hans Zimmer brought him on to Lion King to help kind of Africanize the rest of the soundtrack. And so before this, I believe Mark was on tour and one of his band members that he was playing with was from South Africa, which was how Mark kind of got into South African music, um, which gave him pretty good footing on The Lion King in order to kind of bring these African rhythms, these African instrumentations, these vocal arrangements, um, you know, working with Lebo to kind of, you know, quote, Africanize all the songs that Ellen gave them. And so songs like, um, you know, Just Can't Wait to Be King, Can You Feel the Love Tonight, Hakuna Matata, those, you know, those songs, they, you know, were brought by Mark Mancina into kind of this African setting, which is really amazing. 
And also, fun fact, for those of you guys who have seen Lion King 2 and also the Lion King stage Broadway musical, um, Mark Mancina actually wrote the you know the hit song he lives in you he wrote that for the first movie um particularly for the scene where simba's kind of reflecting at the water where that rafiki leads him to to show him kind of the reflection of simba inside of him which i thought was really interesting because why not include such a powerful song like that in the original movie and as it turns out um they didn't want to kind of i guess insult elton john by adding another song to his soundtrack because if he's a songwriter you know why would you have another songwriter kind of bring their own thing to it you know that's just kind of a slap in the face i guess so they were like you know how about you add it to the second album that we're thinking about doing called rhythm of the pride lands um with level m and so they added it to that and you know from there it became kind of the staple song of lion king 2 and one of the biggest songs in the lion king broadway musical and honestly, for appreciation purposes, why don't we just take a listen to those songs for those of you guys who don't know what I'm talking about. So like I mentioned, there's two different versions. There's the one from the movie Lion King 2, and then there's the one from the Lion King Broadway play. Um, so let's go ahead and take a listen to the movie version first. And so, yeah, they were able to get Lebo M back on the track, as I said before, because he worked on it with Mark Mancina. Um, and this is this is the first song of Lion King 2. So this is the circle of life, if you will, of Lion King 2, which is really cool. Um, and it's a it's a great song. It has a lot of spiritual undertones, kind of a lot of religious undertones, um, you know, I guess in context it's talking about Mufasa kind of living in the land and the people of the pride land not people but animals I guess um but you know I, I really love that song it's very 90s as you could tell by a lot of the the synths and the you know the synth percussion and everything like that but I really love the African rhythms and everything and the African chants and stuff like that um and with that being said let's go ahead and take a listen to the Broadway version night and the spirit of life 
That's the Broadway version, and this version is actually sung by Mufasa because the song is called They Live in You, where he talks about um, the previous kings who have ruled over the Pride Lands and how they live inside of Simba and Mufasa and really all of them to, you know, bring them guidance and everything like that. Um, but I don't want to get too far into that because that'll be an episode for another day when we decide to talk about the Lion King Broadway and anyways, back to the um, original Lion King soundtrack and score. Sorry, I feel like I keep getting off topic and off track and everything like that. But, um, you know, as you can tell, I really do love the Lion King and I get very excited to talk about this music. Um, but anyways, now we have Mark Mancina, Hans Zimmer, Lebo M, Tim Rice, and Elton John all working on the same tra- soundtrack. So, you know, we got the all-star team going for sure. And um, so now we're starting to get recordings that more closely resemble the ones that we hear in the movie. And as I was doing research on, you know, the creation of the soundtrack and everything, I was actually able to find an early version of Can You Feel the Love Tonight that's actually within the movie that they use for kind of like the storyboard animation, I guess you could say. So before, you know, the official animation of the movie, this was a very early version of Can You Feel the Love Tonight scene. Um, And it has very different arrangement, different lyrics and things like that. And, you know, I, I just want you guys to hear it just so you could listen to how far um, they they came from that to the version that we know in the movie. So let's go ahead and take a listen. And so as you can probably tell, it definitely maintains that kind of same pop ballad feel from the Elton John version that he gave to the track. But um, just listen how they created a more Africanized arrangement of this. Listen to you know the flutes, the percussion, and the the choral arrangements behind the track. I should note that the sound effects that you're hearing are, you know, temp sound effects that they used in the movie. So don't be confused. That's not actually part of the song.
So I hope you guys enjoyed that little look into kind of an earlier demo of Can You Feel the Love Tonight. I just find it very interesting because it's not quite Elton's pop acoustic ballad version, but it's also not the finalized version that we hear in the movie, you know, with the complete Africanized arrangements and everything. But, you know, I don't want to talk too much about it or reveal too much because we will be talking about it on the next installment of the Lion King series. Um, we're kind of only on part one, which is kind of the background and the history of the creation of the soundtrack and everything like that. But I figured if I tried to talk about the creation of the soundtrack and the score and the, the soundtrack all in one episode, it would just be way too long. So this is just going to be part one. So um, definitely keep an eye out for part two. But anyways, you guys, that's going to wrap up our episode episode i uh, you know i hope you guys enjoyed the the background and the history definitely let me know if you want to hear more of this kind of stuff for the future soundtracks and um, songs and things like that and all the music that we're going to be discussing i know some people aren't as much into the history and they really just want to hear about the music so um make sure you know to let me know your thoughts let me know if you enjoyed today's episode i can't wait to talk about the amazing score and soundtrack of the lion king again it's my favorite movie and one of my favorite soundtracks so i get very 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 excited to share these things with you and i also get very excited to hear what you guys have to say so like i said you know keep in touch follow me on all social media um i mean not also I, I guess i'm only on instagram and twitter but um at toontown pod um you know hopefully i'll be tweeting and posting a lot and i invite you guys to you know really have a conversation with me let me know if you guys enjoy the podcast if you guys enjoy the lion king and the lion king's music you know what are your favorite songs and things like that and also definitely make sure to let me know what you guys want to listen to as well, as well as any uh, questions and comments and whatever else, you know, that you have for the show. Because as much as I want to talk about what I want to talk about, I could sit here, you know, at my mic in my computer and talk about all the things that, you know, I'm interested in. But I really want to hear what everybody else has to talk about because this really is a podcast for other people and to kind of start conversations as opposed to just me talking all day. So I really want to engage with you guys and hear what you guys have to say. So make sure to follow the podcast or subscribe or however, you know, whatever the terminology is for, you know, on Spotify, uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, whatever, um, rate me i think on on itunes i think you can rate a podcast i think that helps to get the podcast out to other people so definitely make sure to do that leave feedback whenever possible um and yeah i really appreciate you guys and i am out mm -hmm.